Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amanu, the writer-director of The Asian. Hi, I'm Brando Benetton, director of Nightfire. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is James Kellen Brussack, the writer, director, and producer. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stewart, page the screen.com up in my bundle, please. Get up to my motorcycle running and tracking over my fucking snakes, genius, with Dom, Dean Peter, and Chris. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. From, from page to screen. Hello. Hello, it's 26 degrees where I am. Did you just say it was 27 where you 27 are? 27 here in this room right now. See, at some, um, point, at some point, Neil Johnson's going to message me and go, yo, bitch, I stood next to the tip of a volcano, so shut up with your 27 and 26. Yes, we get it, Neil. You have, you have rimmed a volcano. Yes, you and have. And that was by choice, though. I have to yeah, that's a good point, actually. Neil chose to do that. We do not choose to... I don't want to be one of those people that bitches about it being warm in summer. I think my issue at the minute is I can't have the window open because cars will go past and it'll show up on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And there's just no air circulation. No. I had a fan on before. It'd make a damn bit of difference. It was blowing warm air around the room. Fat lot of use well, that was. So. I've got a fan on right now. And usually for the podcast, I switch it off. Uh, you've got no chance. So if there's uh, the hum of uh, you know, a fan, then... Tough deal with it yeah yeah i'm sacrificing any sort of non-comfort for the sake of our two podcast listeners <laughs> uh so you know now we've got more than two guys like three i think we're doing quite well we're, yeah. on, we're on, a, on a crazy incline but no it's warm it's, it's really really warm um so what you've been up to other than melting let's let's not spend the whole 90 minutes talking about how warm it is because then we have to do it in winter where we spend all the time talking about how chilly it is and how summer didn't last very long because that's generally what people in Britain do. Yeah, well, to to be fair, because of it being so warm, uh, I uh, have completely avoided my office, which is probably the warmest room in the house. This, is, uh, this, is this the attic room? It is. Yeah, yeah no, I can testify so, that that is, in fact, the warmest room in the house. Yeah, so there's no chance uh, I'm sitting there. So no. um, I've been watching a lot of TV because, mm-hmm. um, well, that's more accessible to me and in cooler places. It is. I have just within the past half an hour finished Wentworth in its entirety. 
all 100 episodes of it, which actually adds up to 70 hours. I did calculate it, and that's, that made me a little bit sad because that's 35 films on average that I could have watched this year that I haven't. <laughs> so anytime I look at my film numbers and go, it's not as many as last year, it's because I'm watching television. <laughs> There's a lot of TV. This is the downside of streaming platforms. You can actually watch nine years' worth of a TV show in about three months, yep. which I think is probably what I've done if... In fact, it's been three months. Or in, uh, or for some people in three days. But I'll talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah, when you finish the entire run of that. I'm guessing yes. you. You, I'm guessing you haven't finished the entire run of that quite. No. Right, because uh, earlier but, on you were I you were am, pushing onto it. Oh yeah, I'm well over fifty percent. Wow. Um, which you know isn't bad, seen as I only started the other day. So we will talk about that. Uh, mystery show when you've finished it because obviously there's no point doing it two weeks in a row is it? No, uh, so Wentworth uh, nine seasons, ten episodes per season first four seasons really really good then it's sort of, I was trying to work out how to because it didn't go shit, it wasn't like terrible <laughs> but it wasn't as good as the first four seasons so I was trying to work out how to actually sort of comment on that and I think if the first four seasons were like a seven out of ten then the seasons onwards became like a four and a half out of ten. So it was still watchable, but I don't know if it's a show that I would say, oh, my God, everybody's got to watch it because it's amazing. It's good, and it's all on Amazon Prime. Uh, and if you want to see, like, women kicking the shit out of each other and generally sort of... It, it, it goes into the territory of, like, Hollyoaks. Now, I'm sh- me and you don't watch Hollyoaks religiously, but I'm sure we're familiar with soap operas. So it's kind of like if that was a real town or in Wentworth's case, Wentworth's case if that was a real prison, that shit would get shut down because it's like a murder every second episode. <laughs> there would be there would be problems, I think, with that. And then certainly in the later seasons, it's like, who's in charge of this prison? Is it the guards? Is it the, is it the prisoners? I, I don't know anymore. I always thought it was the, the guards that were supposed to be in charge, but maybe not. Uh, so I finished it, and I'm, I'm now thinking... What next? <laughs> it's it's weird. Even though I've only been watching it for three months, I kind of got used to all those characters. Yeah. And now that I've finished it and I'm not going to see anything else of those characters, it's kind of like, oh, why is there not more episodes? It's a bit weird. Do you ever get like that when you finish a show? Uh, yeah. Um, I suppose that's, that's the beauty of being able to watch it again if, uh, if you so wish. Um, but it on the rare occasion where um, like with Star Trek um, I'd watched the original series um, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine Voyager and uh, I hadn't watched Enterprise and Enterprise came and went and um, you know it was it was probably a good five years after where um, I was like right I'm I need to sit down and watch Enterprise and I sat down and the fact I was watching Star Trek for the first time yeah. um, you know was was amazing uh, and it, I suppose it's that feeling really like when you discover you know a, an, an episode of something that you've missed because you were watching it week to week on terrestrial TV and uh, you must have uh, been doing something that evening yeah yeah, because that was back in the day when if you missed it, you kind of missed it. Yeah. You know, now you don't miss it because you just go, play next. Yeah. And I think with Wentworth, what I'd been doing 
probably for the majority of the seasons, actually, is not even necessarily watching an entire episode in a, in a go. So mm-hmm. it's like I would be at work. Hey, hopefully, other than Abel, Abel will back me up. He won't drop me in it. He's no, he's no dubber or lagger, as they would say in an Aussie program. Uh, <laughs> if work was a little bit quiet or it hit my numbers uh, by like 20 to the hour or whatever, I would just press play on my iPad and watch 10, 15 minutes of a Wentworth episode. And that enabled me to probably watch like three, four episodes whilst I'm working, obviously. Nice. In, in like a 12-hour shift. So mm-hmm. it's not like I was sat there for two hours just staring at Wentworth. And so I think I managed to catch up that way. Also shows, which I know you you love the Big Bang Theory, where yeah. they're 20-minute shows. Yeah. So you can burn through those. I'm watching Two and a Half Men at the minute, uh, and that's one of those. You go, well, I've got 20 minutes. I've really got 40 minutes. I'll just watch one of those again. Yeah. But yes, I finished Wentworth. I think all in all, it ended up with a nice finale. What I did like, though, was over the end credits, it did like a gag reel for okay. pretty much the entire run of the season, the series. So you got to see characters, you're like, oh, yeah, shit, I forgot about them. They got killed. You know, that sort of thing. It's a nice little memory lane trip, I think. So yeah, um, I think what I'm going to concentrate on definitely for the next few, couple of weeks is catching up on some films, though, because my backlog of movies is getting kind of silly. <laughs> so um, it doesn't help that films get longer. I think. Well, <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> so what? I what? suppose it, it depends what films you're on about. Um, you know, if uh, if we get a st- uh, well, when we get the next Star Trek film, I don't want something that's uh, sixty minutes. I do want no, 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 no. You want you know, how how long do you want? Though you want these greedy ones at once, like a three hour film every time it's a Star Trek one or something. Uh, four or five hours. Oh yeah, God, please. no! Like just Justice League. <laughs> it's like, and we'll. I might as well chip into it now, but I watched uh, Jurassic World Dominion mm-hmm. and I watched the extended cut, which is t- 14 minutes longer than the theatrical cut, just for those math nerds out there. And it's two hours and 40 minutes. And it's like, I could have watched two films in that time. Nearly. Yeah, but, nearly two. But, and, and I enjoyed the it. the Jurassic series. Yeah, but I could have watched two of them. I enjoyed Jurassic. Well, I, need, I keep trying to call it Jurassic Park Dominion so if I end up doing that, that's why because I still associate them as Jurassic Park movies, not necessarily Jurassic World movies, but I enjoyed it um, a lot of people who saw the theatrical version did and Abel was one of these he said it felt a little bit choppy so it felt sort of a little bit disjointed and stuff I can mm-hmm. see where that comes from because having watched the film last night it's it's kind of like two movies in one, isn't it? You've got the whole Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Chris Pratt sort of stuff. And then, yeah. if, and then eventually those storylines collide, but kind of like just at the very end. <laughs> so it's like two movies. It's like, which one do we make? Let's do both. That's what it was supposed to be because it was, um, you know, the end of the, the uh, Jurassic World uh, trilogy, as it were, and they wanted to kind of bring back everyone they could. I think. Yeah, and I like that, but yeah. it just—it was. I, I'm definitely not one of these. I think it was the weakest of the entire series. However, I've liked them all. Mm. So some people, are, oh, it's the worst. Well, suppose I, technically it's my least favorite of them, but I wouldn't say it's worst. If that makes sense, I didn't dislike it, it by any means. I've told you what's next. We've, you know, Jurassic Park. It's a park. Jurassic World. It's the world. 
Jurassic Universe. Jurassic Planet, Jurassic. Cross it over with the Fast and Furious franchise. They are both owned by Universal, I'm telling you. <laughs> you could get Vin Diesel and, and Tyrese Gibson and stuff, and, and you know, obviously you're not going to get Rock back because he's fell out of Vin Diesel, but you could have them outrunning dinosaurs. I'm thinking dinosaurs on other planets. That could work, yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if Sharknado can make it, then... Do you know one thing that did strike me, though, Go was on. that... So the original Jurassic Park, right, 1993, right, mm-hmm. many, many years ago, nearly 30 years ago, that. Back before they knew dinosaurs had feathers. Back before they knew they had feathers. Uh, at one point, Annette was looking at some of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Dominion, right, and she was like, I'm sure they're making fucking dinosaurs up. There's no way one looked like that. We were calling it like <laughs> a punkasaurus and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the effects in the first one looked better than the one in the new one. In, in the majority of cases... Which is just mind blowing when you think, well, that one was made thirty years ago for like hundred million. This new one was probably like two hundred and fifty million, and the yeah. effects look better in the old one than they did in the new one. But is that because the original Jurassic Park had more practical? Because I know the original Jurassic Park, it was supposed to be all be practical with um, kind of stop motion, yeah, um, stuff, and then the stop motion um, was dumped for CGI. Yeah. Um so when when you've got kind of your your original scene with the triceratops that's ill kind of lying there, that's physically there, uh, been built and being interacted with, whereas I'm I'm gonna presume that in Dominion it's a lot more CGI. I think it's a lot more, but if I, if you read the credits, it does mention something about live-action dinosaur something. So I think they kind of did hybrid some of the effects, but I don't think they hybrided it as much. That's mm. a new that's a new word now, hybrided it. Uh, hybrided it as much as they did in the first Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah I, I'm always going to vote for practical effects. Mm. Um, so... Because they don't date. Well, they do. Nope. Sometimes they do a little bit, but they don't date as much as CGI is probably the better way of doing it. No, but, not at all. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I'm glad I've watched it. And uh, even though it was two hours and 40 minutes, uh, <laughs> I would say it flew by, but it didn't. It did feel like it was long. So Whereas some films don't. But uh, but it was good. It was good to see Sam Neill back and, and all that sort of stuff. So I do prefer the original core cast yeah. of Jurassic than the more modern one. Although I do quite like Bryce Dallas Howard, but I've never really had a fondness for the Chris Pratt character. I don't know why. He's all right, but it's just like, he ain't no Sam Neill, is he? No. So. Um, but, but I still like him. Yeah, I do. I thought it was good. All in all, I think all six films are pretty good. Uh, there hasn't been one that I hated. And uh, obviously you could rank them. You can rank any series, but... I'm glad I've watched it. So, you know, I've just got to get round to watching all the other films that have come out this year. And uh, and we've both watched a quality movie about the moon falling. So we need to talk about that wonderful epic. So, moon. And and that's the one that's called Moonfall. Moonfall on Amazon Prime, it's dropped on there. So, Moonfall onto Amazon Prime because it dropped. Starring. Samuel Tarly himself from Game of Thrones. Do you know at one point I thought it was Hodor? <laughs> and like, and it's like, who is he? And I'm like, it's Hodor. She went, and afterwards she went, no, he's a scribe. And I'm like, oh yeah, so it is. I thought he was really good, John Bradley. 
Oh, yeah. He was my favourite character in that film. I, I really like John Bradley. He was great. You know, other than Game of Thrones, I don't think I've seen him anything else that I can remember. But, no, me either. Um, originally, supposedly, I wanted him to do an American accent, but oh, it didn't yeah. quite work. So he ended up doing his proper accent, and it made him sound more intelligent. So they, they said, right, you can keep that accent. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Moonfall is its most insane premise ever. It's a dumbass movie, really, isn't it? You can't. Well, there's no justification. I, I have to say, what makes it, um, you know, so unbelievable, because if we can get a Dyson <laughs> Sphere in Star Trek, then, uh, I'm sorry, we can have a Dyson Sphere in a moon. It's kind of like if the moon came that close. I mean, the premise of Moonfall, shock spoiler, is the moon starts to fall, doesn't it, really? <laughs> and starts to cause a little bit of chaos on planet Earth. Not as much chaos as it would cause if it actually started to fall uh, and got that close to Earth. <laughs> However, this is from the same director that did 2012, uh, the day after tomorrow and Independence Day, and unfortunately Independence Day Resurgence, which is fucking awful. So if you've never seen that, don't ever watch it. It's I've real. seen it. I enjoyed it. Oh, you didn't. Seriously. Did. You enjoyed Independence Day too? Yeah. Wow. What's I know. I, like? I know at some point, Abel's not got over the fact about you keep banging on about Greece too yet. So oh my now, now he's going to be banging on about how the heck did you enjoy Independence Day too? And Abel, right, I'm right, Abel I'm, I'm right there with you, Abel. I don't understand how you could like that. Abel, next time you're in Clandidno, let me know. Me and you will sit down, we'll have a drink, and uh, we'll watch Grease 2 together, and I'll walk you through it. Abel is never going to Clandidno after that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's, he will. He'll it's, come to see the goats. It is. I didn't see any goats last time I came there. Uh, Independence Day 2 is shit, basically. Uh, no, Moonfall is just insane. Right, it's mental. The premise is stupid, but it was a fun movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I kind of got lost halfway through. I'm thinking, I kind of get why the moon's falling, but other than that, I didn't really pay much attention to the scientific thing because I figured, you know what, it's probably not that accurate. I just enjoyed watching chip blow up and people going into space and 25-mile holes in the moon and, and, yeah. stuff, and stuff like that. So it's... I liked it, but I, I want a um, a computer as uh, intelligent as the one on the moon. Yes, I want a computer as intelligent as one uh, in Independence Day when oh yeah when when they hack into stuff. So yeah, so thoughts on Moonfall? You you thumbs up? Oh, thumbs up! Yeah, you know, aliens, things blowing up, ships flying around. Yep, you know, action. Yeah. When, when did people, and by people I mean everybody else that didn't like the film, when did they stop enjoying stupid movies? I mean, I was. I I'll was, tell you, I know, I when? know, I can answer this. I am the font of all knowledge. Okay. Um, I, you go on to IMDb, right? Yeah. And look at movies made in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Yeah. They get a lot better scores than modern day movies. <laughs> yep. And I'm not saying that modern day movies are better. Um, some are, some aren't. It's, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, how it is. But people get hung up on the nostalgia because they're rating them, thinking about watching them when they were younger. And you, in your head, have built them up. The amount of times we talk about it in our top tens and it's nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
people forget that, so they go, oh, it's not as good as uh, the Ewok movie I watched when I was a kid. No, because you watched it when you were a kid. Yeah, it's a Star Wars syndrome, isn't it? People go, yeah. these new ones aren't as good as the originals. You know, If you go back and analyse them, they probably are. But, yeah, they just hate them. I was thinking back to when I was a kid, and I think I was seven years old, and I went to cinema to watch a film, and I came out, and I'm like, that is one of the best films I've ever seen, and it was about a cat from outer space, funnily enough called The Cat from Outer Space. <laughs> oh, good old could, Disney could, movie. Could you imagine now if they brought a film out about a cat from outer space? The internet would just destroy it, and you think, well, why? It's, is Moonfall any more a ridiculous premise than a film about a cat that comes down from outer space with a talking collar? No. no. It's really not. But yeah, everybody piled on Moonfall, going, oh my God, this is terrible, and blah, blah, blah. And yet but, nobody talks about, you know, monkeys from outer space. But this is the thing as well, and it, it's all perspective. So um, it's, you know, for people who listen, everybody knows that I'm a bit of a wrestling fan. Have been since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and there there was a neighbour, when, when back when I used to live at home with the parents, um, there was a neighbour from up the street who he'd come down for a cup of coffee, cup of tea. And if I was watching wrestling at the time or wrestling was brought up or he saw something to do with wrestling, he'd always find it funny to try and um, kind of make fun of me because he thought wrestling was, um, you know, a bunch of fools um, you know, he'd make fun of it for being made up. It's not real. It's not a proper sport. And yet, the guy was hooked on EastEnders. Well, yeah. is EastEnders real? No. You no. know, and that's the thing. People, if people say like, "Oh, Moonfall," you, you can't believe that, can you? That's a bit over the top. Well, I'm sorry, if you if you look at EastEnders, the square, every single house in it has had at least two or three <laughs> killings. I think with EastEnders, though, I think is, I don't think anybody watches that thinking it's real life. I would be, I'm not going to say I'm going to be shocked because humanity has just dropped so far in the past couple of years. <laughs> Whereas wrestling has always been, even though people know it's it's entertainment and it's to a certain extent staged, I mean, to be fair, how do you stage getting whacked over the head by a chair? You're still being hit, hit over the head by bits of wood or whatever, so it's still going to freaking hurt. Uh, so fair play to the wrestlers on that. But it, I don't think people realise there's never been an official announcement saying, by the way, guys, girls, wrestling, it's not a real sport. It's not like football or tennis or boxing. There's an element of entertainment in it. So because that official announcement's never been made to the dumb arses, they, they're not quite sure what it is. They, think, they seem to think that all wrestlers think, no, this is an actual sport yeah. in the same way, of like 100 metres or it's, stuff. You know, and I have to kind of give props to AEW Wrestling, which is my favourite promotion, because just the other week on one of their programmes, the commentators were making fun. Somebody, I think, was knocked um, from the top of the ropes out of the ring and fell you know onto the floor and um one of the commentators i think said and um there'd be those people watching at home who goes oh it's okay he's fine um they they get taught how to fall you know it's like well if it was that easy you know you know we'd find uh, people weren't being injured when they had to uh jump from a burning building or something like that it's 
True, but people do get injured falling from a burning yeah. building. So it's it's yeah. again, it's a sign of the times. Sign of the just the collapsing of humanity. I saw, uh, so Salman Rushdie, the author, was attacked in yes. in America the day, stabbed in the in the neck and whatever in the face fifteen times. But apparently, an alleged an alleged attack. I'm not quite sure what constitutes an actual attack. So it's like <laughs> they saw the person do it, they arrested him, they pinned him down. But apparently, he's just a suspect. So I don't quite understand how that works. He's not a suspect. They saw him do it. But uh, never mind that. So somebody had obviously asked J.K. Rowling what she thought because obviously Salman Rushdie's an author and J.K. Rowling's an author and. Salman Rushdie's got a lot of controversy against him, and so has J.K. Rowling, because she's shared an opinion that certain elements of Twitter did not like, so they're cancelling her and going after her with pitchforks and stuff. And they'd asked her what she thought about the Salman Rushdie thing. So she came out, and she she said, oh, I condemn it, and this, that. And she made a few comments about how it's bad to go and attack an author for writing a book. You can see why. You know, she, she was the one that was asked for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so somebody shared the news story on Twitter. And then the amount of comments, we don't care what you think. Oh, like, we, why are you even in this bit? Why are you even in this news story, JK? Go away. We don't care. So it's like, why the fuck are you commenting? <laughs> if you don't care about a topic, don't comment on it and don't read it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, what is wrong with people? I <laughs> don't... <laughs> which is the phrase I use every single goddamn episode. But it's like, if you don't care about it, why are you chipping in? It's, it's, you, it's like when I, and I do it on Facebook now and again, I'll mention a film and somebody will say, oh, where's that on? And I'll, I'll go, it's on Disney Plus or something. And they're like, oh, I'm not of that. I'm not getting it. I'm refusing to get it. Why are you commenting then? If I'm co- talking about a film, don't start a conversation about how you choose not to have Disney Plus or, or <laughs> whatever it is, whichever streaming platform there is. Just... People just can't shut up anymore, can they? No. Um, Eve, I can't. I can't comment <laughs> this. It's, it's it's too warm. To it is. Uh, it is too warm. But uh, yeah, have a rant. It, it gets the heat out of your body and <laughs> and out the window. Your fan will eat up the uh, eat up the rage. But, uh, but yeah, it's crazy. So what else have you been watching? So we've watched Moonfall, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Notice the pause again, as I nearly called it Jurassic Park Dominion. So what else have you watched? What have you been uh, venturing Another into? one that, that I believe we've uh, twinned up on, uh, 13 Lives on Amazon. Yes. Um, Which, you know, it... Do you, do you want to give a, a synopsis for that one, Stuart? Or? Yep, it is yep. directed by Ron Howard. It is based on a true story about 13, or was it 14? So I, say, I know it's in the title, but it's not necessarily a simple bloody question, is it? Where, <laughs> where a coach and a bunch of school kids uh, get stuck in a, a cave system in Thailand. They go in after a match or whatever it is, and then the floods come and then sort of fill the caves up with water. So how on earth are we going to get these kids and the poor old coach out of this cave system? Uh, some people might know the outcome of the story. I don't think it mattered if you did or if you didn't to the tension that the film manages to do. I think it's still tense, even if you know the it outcome. Hits. 
which is kind of, that's very clever. It's like Apollo 13, isn't it? Same director. Mm. Uh, so you're watching Apollo 13, you're like, well, I've just seen the credits. It says one of the astronauts wrote the book, so I'm guessing he probably makes it home. But yet you still watch that film going, oh, my God, are they going to make it? Even though you kind of know that, yeah. that they do with Apollo 13. But that's the premise of 13 Lives. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, I really, really liked it. Me too. Um, you know, kind of uh, amazing. It's it's one of those films as well that I think, you know, we've already kind of spoken for probably at least 20 minutes out of the 25 we've been speaking of, um, you know, how humanity in, in many ways sucks. Yeah. But, um, you know, this shows kind of people coming together and, you know, the, the huge effort that went into, um, you know, trying to rescue these um, kids in the, in the coach. Yeah. Um, so it gives you hope that there is good left out there. I think there is good. I think the nature of it is that we go on the internet a lot and that's where we see the dickheads of the world. And generally people tend to post when they're having a bitch at something than they do when they're quite happy. Mm. and I think that's probably what it is I think if you go out into the real world you're probably going to find a lot of people that are happy you're still going to find a lot of dickheads because uh, I encounter loads of those on my night job I've just heard Abel nodding in agreement there <laughs> um, but I think yeah there is good humanity I just think there needs to be more of it <laughs> I really I think you remember sort of going back to the pandemic when the pandemic began and for six weeks or whatever, everybody was clapping, the pots and pans at seven, you know, eight o'clock on the Thursday, and then that shit soon got washed out away. And then everybody got bored. No, well, you can't tell me what to do. I'm not mm. staying in. I want to go on holiday. All that sort of stuff. They got bored very, very quickly with stuff. And I think that's the problem with humanity. And it, I still blame Netflix and smartphones for, oh, yeah. for that sort of lack of attention span and lack of patience. But... Uh, but no, 13 lives, I would, I, I'm, I'm not very keen on going into a cave system anytime in the future, that's for sure. I have to say that one, one of the things that I came away asking myself after watching the movie is, how did they decide that it was such a good idea to go so deep into this cave? Do you know, I think they've probably done it before. Mm. I think... You know, it's probably the equivalent of you thinking, well, I'm going to go to the top of the orm. You go, well, yeah. I know the weather's not that bad. And you go to the top of the orm and then tornadoes hit you for some reason, even though they weren't scheduled for three months. It's mm. probably something like that. Yeah. And they just got a little hour. Maybe they got so far in and then the water started coming in. So like, shit, let's get away from this water and we'll go to these other caves that are over there. And then it sort of pushed them back a bit. That's what I would suspect. But mm. apparently there is a really good documentary, which is probably on Disney or, or something, but there's a documentary which is better than the film about mm -hmm. that actual instance. I'm not quite sure on the name of it, but if you put, like, documentary about, you know, the kids getting stuck in a cave in, in Thailand or something, it will probably give you the answer on that. It's probably called, like, The Cave or The Dive or something like that. Who knows? Or The Rescue. I I did decide as well that um, rather than lots of pipes, they just needed to um, import uh, a load of expanding foam. Yeah. You know, uh, just start spraying it into the cracks of the, um, the mountain, really. Yep. <laughs> just, just trying to waterproof this mountain. Go, just carry on. 
But I remember watching it and we were partway through and I remember saying to Annette, I'm like, well, if I had to get them out, this is how I'd do it. And I was quite mm-hmm. impressed because I got it. So <laughs> I was quite a little chuffed to myself. It's like, brilliant. My night, no, my night job has not kicked every single brain cell out of my head. Just yeah. most of them, but not all of them. Not the part that would be able to rescue 13 people from a cave. So, um, but yeah, that's a definite thumbs up is 13 lives. Mm-hmm. So what else have you watched? Uh, again, I think we've uh, doubled up on this one. It's uh, Disney again. It's Prey. Yes. The, pre- so, the, the Predator prequel. It is. Yep. Um, now, I I love Prey. I love the you know the, all the Predator movies and the Alien ones to uh, at that. Um, the only kind of slight niggle I had with this film, it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of watching it, but the only Mm -hmm. slight niggle is why is it that Prey focused on um, very much like an Indian tribe um, kind of people way before kind of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger commando style um, you know, time Um, and to me, they they seemed a lot more adept at um, kind of defending against <laughs> yeah. uh, a predator than you know all these people with uh, you know heavy artillery and uh, thousands of bullets. I I think, and obviously we're talking about it with a, as if predator is a real life science. <laughs> but do you not find it in a lot of these films, people with the weapons technology are a lot cockier because they're like, I got this yeah. big gun. I don't have to do anything special. But if you give somebody like a pocket knife and, uh, and a bottle of water, then, you know, look at Die Hard, right? John McClane had, he, he had a Beretta and that was it. <laughs> That's all he had. And you had to be so inventive with what he needed to do. Whereas if he had like loads and loads of machine guns, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as good also i think the comanches are probably a lot better trained at hunting true than than arnold schwarzenegger who just the the u.s army yeah uh, have got a pretty good training uh, program as well you would hope so Hmm. but maybe the predator itself has just got a bit shit over the years (laughs) so well well, uh, maybe the the one that was attacking uh the uh the tribe maybe mm -hmm. You know, maybe he was young. Maybe I ain't got much experience. That's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, because he was wearing the skull of another predator on his head that mm. had cybernetics uh, stuck to it or whatever. But but I thought prey was cracking. I I had a day, and it, there's very few days like that. Maybe I might try and have one tomorrow, where every film I watch, and by that I mean both of them, were mm. just quality films. So we watched <laughs> pr- we watched prey on the Friday, and then we followed it straight up with thirteen lives in like brilliant. Yeah. So that was a great day, and then we we stopped and we didn't watch anything else because you know didn't want to get cocky. But they were both quality films. Oh yeah, I really like Prey. Now some people are coming out of the woodwork going, "It's not that good, is it?" But for the first week or so, everybody was like, "Oh my god, this film's amazing!" So everybody liked it, and now obviously the backlash is coming because they're like, "Shit, shit, it's terrible." It's not as good as the first one. Well, nobody said it was better than the first one. I haven't seen anybody saying it's better than First Predator. Uh, I think it's the best film since Predator. So mm-hmm. if I had to rank them, uh, and I've not seen The Predator or Predators, I've seen all the other ones, I think Prey was a second one. So that's my second favourite Predator movie. Mm. 
But um, apparently, I was reading an interview with Dan Trachtenberg, who directed Prey, and he was talking very loosely about how he just loved to do shit like this every couple of years, just drop a predator into some historical thing, like drop one into World War Two, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, drop one into ancient Rome, you know, all that sort of stuff. But Oh, yeah, stick one in the Colosseum. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Yeah, Russell Crowe could. <laughs> I think you should just CGI it into just loads of different films. Just have like a predator running around in the background. Mel Gibson's Braveheart versus Predator. That would work. I think Mel Gibson could take a Predator. Oh, yeah, me too. But I enjoyed Prey. I thought it was good. But then everybody, yeah. was, everybody was moaning, oh, why wasn't it on at the cinema? So there was a backlash because it oh. didn't release it in the cinema. And it's like, well, I was chatting to Abel in the office the other night about this. I said, because a lot of the Predator films have been okay, but to be honest, not amazing. You know, they're not fantastic. They're just pretty good. Would you have gone to the cinema to see Prey? Me personally, no. Yeah, I wouldn't have because I'm like, well, I'll just wait and see what everybody else thinks. So the fact that they put it on Disney or Hulu, more people watched it. So mm-hmm. therefore, that's a good thing. Now, if they released like a sequel to Prey, I might go to the cinema to see that one in a couple of years. That's a possibility. So it kind of does work. But it's just, why is there going to be a backlash for everything that comes out? Here, Rob, here's here's one million pounds in pound coins. Oh, fucking hell, that's heavy. No, just be happy that you've got a million quid. But uh, yeah, Prey, good film. Uh, 13 Lives, good film. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, good film. So I've watched, I'm doing quite well so far. What's What else is on your list? Right, I uh, went and uh, I was trying to find something to watch that I thought would be uh, a decent film. So uh, I was looking for somebody that that I knew starring in it. And uh, I came across the film called Takedown on Amazon starring Ashley Walters. Give me a clue. When was this made is it a new one is it i'm not sure but i happen to be on the good old uh, imdb yeah imdb tells me it tells me i can't find the movie okay well i'll find you carry on tell me about it i'll have a look i was just curious to know whether it's a new ashley walters one whether it's an old ashley walters one but i can find it while you tell me what the heck the film's about basically the 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 premise behind the film is that uh, a bunch of rich kind of teenagers or early 20-somethings uh, are all getting in trouble all over the world. You know, when you've got millions, you know, they're crashing cars and taking drugs and uh, drinking stupidly. Rich mummy and daddies don't like this, so they send them off to uh, kind of... Like a borstal. Uh, like a boot camp right. um, on... I believe it's um, a Scottish island uh, in the movie, and uh, so whilst there, they're, they're shown some tough love. It's supposed to kind of get them ready for the real world and kind of snap them out of their uh, silver spoon kind of way of thinking. Uh, the problem is because all of these uh, rich kids are all in one place, it makes it really easy for them to be exploited if there's somebody who knows about it who thinks, you know what, mums and dads would pay a, a pretty penny to get their kids back. Of course they would. Uh, and that's the way it goes. Okay. Well, it's 2016, by the way, that one. 2016. It sounds a bit like, have you ever seen the film Toy Soldiers starring Will Wheaton? Yes. It sounds a little bit like, I mean, I've not seen Toy Soldiers for many, many years, but it kind of sounds a little bit like that, but... But yeah, yeah, 
I enjoyed it. You know, as soon as I saw Ashley Walters, I thought, you know what? I've seen uh, quite a few things he's been in. Mm. Always seemed to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, so this should be a, a good bet. And, uh, you know, I, I was wondering, because I went into it thinking, you know, I, I'd read the little blurb on uh, on Amazon. I thought, this will be a bit different. You know, Ashley Walters being uh, a rich kid. Yeah. Because normally he plays uh, like a you know an urban disc jockey or a drug dealer or, or well, you know, exactly, obviously yeah. bulletproof it was a little bit different because he was a, a cop but he was still working yeah. class wasn't he so yeah and then uh, when I actually watched it he was uh, cast in a role of the kidnapper so there we go oh nasty nasty Ashley Walters <laughs> but he's he's one of those actors I've seen a lot of Ashley Walters stuff over the years and he's really good he picks his choices oh, pretty yeah. well. He is. So. Uh, I know. I'd highly recommend the movie. I, I, mm. I quite enjoyed it. So uh, uh, you know, another uh, thumbs up for Ashley Walters and Amazon. He is doing. I shall tell him later on that you liked it. So. Oh, good. Yes, I shall check that out. But uh, so, what else you got? Um, I um, and I haven't. I don't know what I watched this on, but I watched a movie called The Sitter. Uh, Netflix. Which, yep. Probably. Yeah, it is. Uh, so uh, it's one of these kind of uh, like the college student like road trip kind of things. Yeah. So college student is uh, kind of given the task of babysitting the kids next door, um, but needs to do a few things. So takes them with him whilst he goes and, you know, does, you know, all the illegal and crazy things he needs to do that night okay um you know it's not going to win any awards for you know um well much anything. Other, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah anything at all but it is one of those stick on have a laugh and uh, just kind of forget your surroundings movie feel good movies um you know uh, in in the you know the the same vein as uh, American Pie and that kind of stuff. So nice. uh, I enjoyed it. Good, good. Well, I have watched. I've watched some weird ones this week. So I watched a documentary called Robin's Wish, which I don't think we spoke about no. previously. And it is a documentary about the actual cause of death of Robin Williams. So it was the. Oh. It, it goes into the whole type of dementia. That he had the fact it was only diagnosed after he died. Uh, it speaks with his wife, and she was explaining all the mood swings. So you get a, a really sort of more detailed insight into sort of Robin Williams's final few years. Uh, it's I'm not sure I, I can I, do that. I, I can't say it's. I, mean, I don't want to say it's. It's a good documentary. It's an interesting one. It's a well-made one, and it's very much worth watching. But I'm sure you'll agree you're not going to sit there with a bucket of popcorn and watch that type of documentary, are you? But no. It, but it does no. give you a really good insight, and it isn't. It's not the sort of documentary that will have you crying constantly. There are obviously upsetting parts in it, but it's not straight from the off where you're like, oh my god, and you you know you're not going to jump off a ledge after you've watched it type thing because it explains it all in a really a, an easy enough way to understand. But it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get to see sort of behind the footage scenes of Robin Williams, and it it shows some of the symptoms that he had whilst he's filming some of his movies and stuff. So it's like I'll be 
not interested, I don't plan on going back to analyse the films looking for symptoms, but it showed stuff from the third nightmare at Night in the Museum. Okay. And one of the symptoms he had was something with one of his hands, and it showed clips of the film, and you could see him putting his hand in his pocket or stuff like that to obviously mask these symptoms. So it was, uh, yeah, it's not... It, it's one of those films that's really hard to sort of recommend. You don't go, oh my God, it's amazing, you'll love it. Because you won't, because it's about one of the funniest guys on the planet who's no longer on the planet, uh, but still makes us laugh with his movies because they're like everywhere. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it is quite a sad one. But so we watched that. I watched a documentary called VHS Forever Psychotronic Film, which was one of my Vipcore movies that I got. And mm-hmm. this was a, it's a, it's a documentary, I think like mid-2000s or something, I think it was shot. And it's just basically, it's, it's not well put together, but that kind of helps it be a more enjoyable documentary. So it's kind of like, Rob, here's a camcorder, just go film these people telling you stories about how they used to collect videotapes and how they used to buy them off markets. Yep. It looks like you've literally just pointed a camcorder at Dave going, tell me a story, and then filmed him doing it. But that kind of works mm-hmm. because of the subject matter. Yeah. So it's, and it's all shot in 4.3 as well, which again, some people are like, why is it on widescreen? But it kind of works because it's, it's about the VHS thing in the 70s and 80s. So I really enjoyed that. I had a blast. So I watched that one. And then... I've been on a real documentary sort of kick in between watching shit tons of Wentworth. <laughs> um, when I was doing a podcast with Sean O'Banion the other week, he was we were talking about uh, how we how we how we podcast interview, and I asked him, "Has he got a wish list?" I said, "Obviously, I don't want to know which people are on your list for you to get, but who who would your ultimate people be?" So we had a little quick conversation about that, and he was saying that one of his friends called uh, Drago Samanji was he did a documentary years ago uh, called Character. And that's I'm guessing that's where Sean got the name of his podcast from because that's also called Character. Mm-hmm. And I sort of went and, and dug around trying to find this documentary called Character by Drago. And I found it on something called Plexi, which is it's a legitimate site. So it's not like a wonky one. It's not like a, you know, an anti-Mary site or whatever it is. And but you can watch it for free with ads. So I sort of cool. bookmarked this thing, found some free time, sat down and watched character. And it is it's all shot in black and white, but I like black and white. It looks artier for some reason. I don't know why. If you want to shoot something, make it look more artistic. Just make it black and white. It works better. And it's basically it's you've got uh, Dabney Coleman, Peter Falk, Charles Grodin, Harry Dean Stanton. A lot of these aren't with us anymore. And they're all talking about how they got started and just just the stories about how they do what they do. And it was fascinating. And I remember Sean saying that he wished that Drago had done more of these. And I've, <laughs> I, I agree he should have done more. But it's like 100 minutes or something, this thing. But it's fascinating. It's like how often do you see these people being interviewed and mm-hmm. talking about the dressing rooms and the theatre, you know, the, the, yeah. the theatres in New York. You generally don't. Anytime you see Charles Grodin being interviewed, it's either about Beethoven or Midnight Run or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. uh, so that was that's probably the best thing I've watched this week. I think so. I enjoyed that. So thank you, Sean, for recommending uh, Drago's name, uh, Drago's documentary. And the weird thing is, if you go searching for it, yes, it's called Character, but it's called it's C H A R hyphen 
A-C-T-E-R. So do that, and then you'll find it. Okay. Uh, and if nobody can find it, let me know, and I'll send you the link to the Plexi one. You can watch <laughs> it yourself. But I would highly recommend that. So Drago Sumanja, done good. But yes. So over to you. Uh, well, I uh, I sat down with uh, Addy um, the other day, and we watched the Lightyear movie on Disney Plus. Okay. Um, you know, big Toy Story fan, um, so it was interesting to see um, kind of where they take it with uh, kind of a, a Buzz centric uh, film and. Uh, it didn't disappoint. We uh, both thoroughly enjoyed Lightyear. It was uh, um, lots of fun. The whole premise behind it is that obviously the the Buzz Lightyear we see in Toy Story is um, a uh, children's toy that is based on the Buzz Lightyear character yeah. from a film within that world. Yeah. This is that film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we really enjoyed it. Did you not feel massively offended that Tim Allen wasn't doing the voice and how? What is the, why did they not get Tim Allen back and blah, blah, blah? Um, I did wonder why, mm-hmm. because I'd read it before watching the movie. However, uh, it didn't kind of detract from the fun of the movie for me. And it's just because it's a different thing, isn't it? Obviously, yeah. the, the Tim Allen Buzz Lightyear is a toy, as you've just said, based mm-hmm. on a real person called Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. And toys often don't have the same voices. So, so of in licensing. reality, when you think about it, Tim Allen's is the knockoff. Tim Allen is a, is a cheap knockoff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, and now I'm going to do a blog article saying uh, Tim <laughs> Allen is a cheap old knockoff. <laughs> but that's what it is. But then people just were... Where uh, you know it's the bitchy people again. Why is it not? It's like, it's, at the end of the day, it's a fucking Pixar Disney movie. Yeah. Why are you getting so wound up over the choices of a Pixar movie? Oh my god, give me a break! <laughs> it's just like what is? <laughs> oh, exhausting. But uh, I've looked at the thumbnail. I'm like, oh, uh, do you know what? I haven't seen Toy Story three or four yet. Oh. So I've seen the first two, really like the first two, just for some reason never got around to watching the third one. And then mm-hmm. when the fourth one came out, I thought, well, there's no point in me watching that because I've not seen the third one. And <laughs> now I've not seen three, four, or Lightyear. So getting way behind. Getting way you behind. I am. There's so many films from last year I've never watched yet. I've had uh, Dune and The Suicide Squad on Blu-ray sitting 20 <laughs> feet from me, not even watched them. Paid full price for them as well. They're still sat on the shelf. The reason I've not watched Dune Part 1 is because Dune Part Two's not out yet. So, well, <laughs> I, I'm edging my bets, especially with Warner Brothers now. It's like, oh, yeah. I, I'm not watching a two-and-a-half-hour film. When you go cancel a second part, you can fuck off. Um, <laughs> so I'm getting a little bit wary of pretty much anything that Warner Discovery are, are even talking about now. And uh, as for Suicide Squad, that'll probably be something that I'll watch pretty close. Uh, you know, in the next few days or something. I'm going to spend tonight, tomorrow, and Tuesday just catching up with a whole bunch of films. So, uh, what else is on your list? Uh, on my list, I, I, when, you know, you you reach that point where you can't find anything to watch, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes you just rely on an old favourite. So, um, even though I own this on DVD, 
Hmm? I watched uh, on Amazon uh, (laughs) The Negotiator. Aren't we weird like that? It's like, oh, I don't want to go in the other room and pick that off a shelf. (laughs) (laughs) I want to scroll through the streaming platforms. Negotiator, great film. It is. um, You know, when that came out, it was one of those films that I instantly rushed out and purchased. And, um, you know, it's still an amazing film to this day. Even, uh, even though Kevin Spacey's in it, he is amazing in it, and it's a great film. Yes, even though he's on the banned list now, <laughs> it's it's still still a great film. Yes. So yeah, I've not seen that for a long time. Um, and then followed up by um, uh, an older film again, I believe, but one that I'd never seen before on Amazon. Um, extremely loud and incredibly close. Yes. Um, you know, good old uh, Tom Hanks is in this one. This kind of what drew me to the film in the first place. Uh, even though, uh, as you told me, uh, he plays a, a secondary character. Yeah. The the main character is a, a nine year old boy. Yeah. Um, and I thought this was just kind of a beautiful movie it really was was. Um, it's one of those kind of um, it's a feel good movie even though it contains sadness yeah because it's you know it's about a kid who's lost his is it his mum that he's lost I think Uh, lost his dad he's lost his dad and he, so he's obviously not too happy about that, and he's you know trying to deal with it. And then, if I remember rightly enough, isn't Tom Hanks the one that sort of gives him the little, the equivalent of a treasure map, going here's yep. here's an adventure to solve. And then the little kid toddles off to try and solve this adventure, uh, and thus hopefully you know ends up being a bit of a happier kid by the end of it. But that yep. sort of it's like a New York version of the Goonies, isn't it? Really, sort of. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I I loved it. I you know I thought, and you know it's it's not surprising. It's got Tom Hanks. It's got Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a beautiful movie, and they they choose good movies to be in. Yeah. Um, but this the, there's possibilities for the top hundred list. Is there really? Oh, yeah. So this is the good reason to do 10 a month, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> if we'd have done the 100, we would have done it all like two months ago, and then these things would come out, and you're like, God damn it, what the <laughs> hell? But now you could sort of kick something. I mean, it does get a bit more difficult as the months go on because there's less yeah. films that you can kick out your list exactly. to, to replace it with something. But Yeah. Do you, oh, do you think, uh, what was the other one you watched, Larry Crown? Do you think, has that made your top 100? Um. Not necessarily. Do I want to give it away? I don't know. It's up to you. You don't have to. Just move on if you don't want it. <laughs> it, it no, it's made it. It's yeah. made it. I still think when you, if you watch Danny Collins with Al Pacino, that I, I, I haven't actually searched for the name because I didn't write it down when we last spoke. Right. Um, write it down now whilst I, I whilst now. I chat. Danny, uh, Danny Collins. Yep. Very, but, very good. I have been looking for whilst on my searches for movies to watch. I have been uh, noting anything that sounds like a name, just in case uh, <laughs> it is the one you've been talking about. There are ultimate feel-good films. There is Jerry Maguire, uh, oh. we, we Bought a Zoo, Larry Crown, Danny Collins. There's a whole bunch. 
But those are definitely the ones that spring to mind. So you're cheering up and sort of, you know, if you're sitting there in a funk going, my life sucks, then watch any of those films and you go, actually, I've just found a bit of hope. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, extremely loud and incredibly close. Good film. Not seen that for quite a few years, but I remember enjoying it when I, uh, when I watched it. Uh, so the, the other one I watched, it was one of my new Arrow purchases. So I've got to delve into all the special features at some point. The other month I watched a film called Foxy Brown, starring uh-huh. Pam Greer. And apparently that was supposed to be a sequel to a film called Coffee from 1973. So I thought, well, well guess I enjoyed Foxy Brown, so I'm going to buy the Blu-ray of Coffee. So I bought that one. And that is also a cracking film. Uh, it's similar. She is... Uh, it's it's like a female death wish type thing again which Foxy Brown kind of was as well but I'm getting really into these Pam Greer movies so I need to go search for some more but I think what not necessarily disturbs me or freaks me out or surprises me or anything is just nowadays if you have a bit of racism in a movie the internet goes berserk like oh my god you're cancelled you can't say that and and that's probably right you shouldn't be allowed to say certain stuff but you go back to like the movies of the 70s and my god these films were shocking (laughs) these were these were shocking and it's and it's a case of and i think this is what annoys me about people looking at things from the 80s and the 70s and even the 90s going that should never have been allowed get rid of it let's let's cut these scenes out it's clearly at a time it was sort of acceptable but still wrong, I mm-hmm. think. Because it's like, to use sort of the coffee as an example, uh, so Pam Greer is a black woman, and yet over the, over the soundtrack, right, it's got songs like, she's an amazing chocolate woman, and you're like, oh my God, could you imagine doing that nowadays? You would get killed, <laughs> right? Your film would yeah. be just burned at the stake. And, you know, there's an argument for whether that's right or whether that's wrong. But clearly at the time, that was okay to do. Mm-hmm. And some of the racial language fired around in these films, you're like, oh, my good God. <laughs> it makes you feel uncomfortable watching it now. Clearly at the time in the 70s, it didn't make people feel uncomfortable. Clearly at the time, it or did it make the people on the receiving end of that language feel uncomfortable? I don't know. It's like nowadays, if you're on a film set, and somebody says something like, you know, racially or whatever it is towards you, Rob, you'd go, uh, excuse me, you can't say that shit to me, or I'll punch you in the face, or I'll quit, or I'll go to HR or something like that. But back then, they got away. It just baffles me how, I don't know. Can you sort of get where I'm coming from? It's- I get where you're coming from. Um, I've actually been in that situation. I, I had someone, uh, well, um, uh, an ex-boss of mine uh uh, back in the day, yeah. said something uh, very offensive, and um, in my head, as as the rage flashed through <laughs> me at the time, yeah. there was two options: one, punch; yeah, two, walk out uh, of the room in the building. And I chose number two. Did you um, did you leave the job, or did you go back the day after? Uh, I went back the day after. Yeah. Um, then I believe it was the weekend. And on the Monday, I went in with an envelope and yep. gave it to him, and that envelope said goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've done that before. It's like the best thing I ever did was just quit on the spot, 
on the job that I'd been at for years, and it was one of the best feelings. I highly recommend that everybody, at least once in your life, takes a little bit of abuse at work and just goes, you know what, I'll go home. It is amazing. It is, it is one of the most liberating feelings you'll ever get. Um, I'll tell you something as well, though. Um, I have to admit, it was it was a good job from the point of view that um, you had an hour for your lunch, which is unheard of. Yeah. Everywhere else I've worked since it's been half an hour. Yeah, I got half an hour. Um, however, that particular day, I must have had at least three hours for <laughs> my lunch. Um, and uh, not a word was said. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, I get half an hour. I get a half hour break in eleven hour shift. That's a killer. So uh, you know, I cannot confirm nor deny that I have a little bit of an extra break when I'm working from home. But uh, <laughs> let's just say I'm not a fan of going into the office with my half hour break. Uh, but yeah, it's just it, that sort of baffles me and makes me cringe when I watch really old films. It's got language which is like totally unacceptable. Yeah, um, and I'm not one of these. It's like, oh my god, I need to go online and complain about it, or I need to throw this Blu-ray in the bin and burn it. I'll watch it and go, oof, glad. To-. So people that say that people are mean nowadays, yes, people are mean nowadays. But my god, did they used to be worse? Did they it's, it's, certainly it's one used of those to be things. worse? Yeah, it's one of those things, though. Um, I suppose you know when it comes to the world, you know, there's there's always something somebody can can pick on yeah and over the years it changes on what's kind of socially acceptable (laughs) or accepted and here's a quick question for you You know when things change Mm -hmm. and it becomes socially unacceptable do you Mm -hmm. get the newsletters because i don't seem to get them i i don't know whether i've unsubscribed i don't know whether it's gone in the spam box but i don't know how people find out what words are offensive this week compared to last week there needs to be is there an update is there a twitter account is there a hashtag i use i don't know nobody tells me so therefore i don't know i saw something on twitter the other week and i'll I'll say a semi-offensive word um and you know because i didn't know it was it was i knew it was a word that wasn't supposed to be used generally but i didn't know it was actually classed as being massively offensive right the word eskimo Right, so I knew that oh, you know. I I I knew nothing about that. No. I, I thought, yes, yeah, it's, it's bad now. It's, it's really bad. <laughs> um, okay. Apparently, so at one point, you know, it was Eskimo, this Eskimo, and it was we we were very familiar with the word Eskimo because that's what we called them, and that's what the little short films on Disney that we saw uh, called them and stuff. And then they became known as Inuits, which I'm sure you're familiar with the Inuit yeah. word as well. Yeah. So I knew that I knew there was the changeover, and it was a case of well, we don't really like to be called Eskimos anymore. We like to be called Inuits. So you go okay, a bit like uh, North American Indians. So there were there were Indians, cowboys and Indians, and then it was like no, the Native Americans. You go okay, let's call them Native Americans. I didn't know that Eskimo somehow became like a massively offensive word until I saw somebody tweeting about it last week, and they were like, oh my god, you even used the word Eskimo. Do you know how offensive that is? I'm thinking, no. I don't know. I mean, I'm from Scotland. I've been called a jock many times. I don't get too pissed off by it, but maybe that's different. I don't know. I don't know anymore. But I, people have called, you know, the haggis jokes have all been fired at me and, you know, okay, the new and what do you wear a kilt and all that sort of stuff. Maybe that's not as as high on the offensive scales as, as some words. It probably isn't, to be fair, but 
No, it's it's the same as me at school. You know, it was, you know, nerd and geek and that kind of stuff. And that was before those terms were cool. <laughs> it's before geek started. Yeah, now, like, Rob, you're a big fucking nerd. Thank you. I am. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Whereas when we're a child, it's like, Rob, you're a fucking nerd. Oh, don't stop picking on me. But it's a bit like, yes, I am a nerd. Fuck you. <laughs> got, a, got a podcast that's, that goes on about geek stuff every week. You're damn right I'm a nerd. <laughs> I've been filming things all week. I am definitely a nerd. But, uh, but yeah, I never know what's offensive and what's not. And people generally don't until they say something and then they get told, oh, by the way, that thing you've said, it's hugely offensive. Uh, you can't take it back. So now we're going to cancel you, cancel you permanently. Well, th- this is why uh, the only time I talk in the week is on this podcast. Uh, yeah. You know, the rest of the time uh, I walk around. If I meet people, I just nod and uh, off I go. See, nodding. Uh, what sort of nod do you do? Because there is an offensive nod and there is a non-offensive nod. So it does depend. It, it, it's the non-offensive nod that I, I do. I've perfect, perfected it. And if you see a woman, do you nod first or do you wait till she nods? Because if you nod first, that's predatorial and it's very, um, what do you call it, misogynistic. So you need to let them nod first, I think. I, I, I don't see, know. I, I, <laughs> I, don't I, know I nod um, first, yeah. second and third. You do all the nods? Yeah, just just keep nodding. That's why, why not, you know? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think we're both suffering from some sort of heat exhaustion? <laughs> so what have we watched? Jurassic Park. Yeah, let's go for that one. Yeah, it's just uh, it's fucking weird. But I, I was in. Uh, I'm trying to think of all my office stories because I was in the office last week for the third shift, Ooh, which is wait there, wait, wait there. Another thing you can't say now. Yep. What in you the can't office? you can't call the the famous character on. Um, Thomas the Tank Engine, the Fat Controller, and no. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm saying it because that's what he used to be known as, yeah, and I'm fat too, so it, you know. What what is he I called now it. then? Uh, wait there, this is what we have uh, Google for, I'm sure. Um, what is the? You're going to get blocked because be like Rob just typed in the word fat on Google, so therefore he's. Control- he's- there you go. I've only got to control. So what is the Fat Control? And it's already filled it in. What's the fat controller called now? Okay. Tubbs. Oh, oh, oh um, <laughs> uh, I, need to, I need to insert like a drum roll or something in here just to <laughs> fill, the, fill the silence. I don't need to edit. Oh, out. well. Um, he's now called Stephen Hat. That doesn't even make any sense, does it? It's like, oh, Stephen. What? No. Uh, I like how they've called him Stephen Hat because he wears a hat. Yeah, this should not this, this sort of. Uh, God's sake! <laughs> it's and the thing is, it's like it's, when did so the word fat, right? We know that fat means bigger than skinny, right? So we mm-hmm. know that much. But why is the word fat offensive? And I may back myself into a corner and just make no sense whatsoever. But people hear the word fat. And I do it, and it's like, oh, I love your tummy. And I'm like, oi, sod off, just because I've eaten, like, you know, five Big Macs today. Shut up. But you instantly <laughs> hear that word, and you go, it's a negative. But I wonder where that comes from. Doesn't it just mean bigger than smaller? Well, you think so. And why is bigger than smaller a bad thing? Ah, you see, because this is, you know, then back in the Victorian times. Yeah. 
being bigger um, was was more attractive. But also, it, it you you it showed you came from a more affluent background. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, hmm. it, it changes with the time, doesn't it? That's, but that people do though. People, it. you know, it's instant, and people would do it to us. If somebody went up to you, or somebody went up to me, you went, "Oh my god, you're looking a bit fat nowadays." Your your brain would instantly go, "You cheeky fucking punch in the face! How dare you?" <laughs> but why is it a negative? Why? Why is that classed as a negative when, like, you know, if I came up to you and went, oh "My God, your hair is much longer than it was," you wouldn't necessarily take that as a negative. No, um, and, and to be fair, um, you know, probably the last ten years of my uh, my nan's life, yeah. um, we'd we'd go to uh, shopping together on a Saturday, and she start one end of the store and we'd start the other end me and Nicole yeah. and when we met in the middle yeah it's pretty much guaranteed 99% of the time when we said hello to each other she'd grab my belly with her, her hand oh, yeah, yeah. she'd jiggle it up and down and she'd go ooh how haven't you got a bit fat yeah and that, that I, I you know, 100% I'd take that as a negative if somebody did that to me I'd be like <laughs> fuck you you old bitch <laughs> yeah but I got used to it, and uh, to be fair, I laugh about it now, and it brings back a smile yeah. to my face. But now you'd be like, if somebody did that to you now, you'd be like, ooh, now you got old, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you, you would just fire it right back, at the, you know, into them, because we've got the wit now, we've got those self-defence samurai quips that we can fire back at stuff. Wait there, can we say samurai? Um, I don't know actually I'll check and if we can't I'll edit it out I'll put a bleep in there or something but I'm pretty sure <laughs> pretty sure we can't but there isn't this is the thing though it's like there isn't there isn't I don't know where people get the updated lists no and I think the two main ones that I get I genuinely get very confused with so I'm not like saying this for purely entertainment purposes I genuinely get confused by when the terminology changed and why it's okay is when it's referring to uh, sort of homosexual people. Mm-hmm. So at one point it was it was I'm trying to get in the right timeline. So at one point it was gay, mm-hmm. that was acceptable. Then uh, an insult was was queer, so you couldn't call them that because that was really bad. But now that's come back again, so queer is now acceptable. And I don't know when it changed because it used to be really offensive, and I remember that yeah. because you know yeah. you would you would see it in movies, or you quit, and you know people would start punching each other and stuff in movies. So I knew that was offensive then, but then it sort of came back to being well, that's what we, that's that's the correct terminology. You're like, well, I don't know, is gay still a thing? I don't know. I don't I don't know where they find out the information, and then obviously skin color is the other one. Whereas yeah. it's, uh, I mean, I'm old enough. That I remember my parents using language that I'm not going to repeat because it was offensive because that's what they did, uh, not out of any sort of malice, just because that's the language at the time. And then it became, uh, I think it was, I don't know whether it was black and then coloured, I think was was one. And then mm-hmm. coloured's now the massively offensive one. Black used to be offensive. I don't know which it's, I don't know. I think black's now okay to say, but it does get very confusing. It's like, I remember somebody on Twitter years ago and I can't remember the exact tweet, but she she was a, a woman of colour. That's the way she described herself. Mm-hmm. So she said something like that, and then I went back saying, okay, and this was a genuine reply. It was like, it's okay. So what is the difference between 
a woman of color and a colored woman or something along those lines. And then she said, if you don't know the answer to that, you're a fucking idiot. And she blocked me. And I'm like, I was asking you a genuine question there. Educate me. Just just educate me the answer, and I'll know the answer then. And my life will be a lot freaking easier. But she just went, no, fuck you, and blocked me. So it's like, where do people, people find these updated things from? Yeah, I think, I'll tell you something. I think, again... And and this just applies pretty much on every level. Yeah. The world would be a better place yeah. if people would communicate with each other. Yeah, it really would. So if I could walk up to someone and say, you know, hey, why does someone calling you X, Y, or, or Z, yeah. um, why is that seen as offensive? Could you explain it to me? Yeah. You know, genuinely sit down, educate me. Yeah, people. Because people, the problem with people is they will hear you say that and think he's taking the piss out of me. How dare he? And it's like, no, he's not. He's asking you a question. Mm. He wants to learn. Therefore, educate him. And I'm the same. I remember years ago, I used to go around the chat rooms and stuff, and I wandered into a religious one. And I'm like, can I ask a question? And he went, yeah. And I'm like, if God made us, who made God? You've never seen somebody get kicked out of a chat room quicker than me getting booted out of that (laughs) chat room. And it's a valid question. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. who made him or her? Whatever. Uh, But yeah, kick me out. Bang. Done. It's all right. That's not very accepting. It's not at all. <laughs> but I remember it. It made me laugh because it's like, oh, well, guess I'm never going to know the answer to that one. But it was a genuine question in the same way you just said, mm. you know, why is me calling you X, Y, or Z offensive? Let me know how. And, um, and I suppose, you know, um, you know, if, you know, I had a, uh, say I've got uh, a ginger friend. Yeah. If we're good friends, I can go up to them and say, Oi, sit down, talk to me about, you know, the term whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, why is that offensive to you? Yep. Um, so I suppose if you know someone, but that's the problem. The old, you know, it, for, you know, m- you know, a lot of people that, you know, very much keep to themselves. So, you know, you don't get that kind of crossover. Uh, I'm lucky to have lived in an area, uh, Stoke, that was very multicultural. And, you know, I had uh, friends from, you know, many different colours of, you know, different races, different religions. And, you know, know, I got to see so much. You know, it was was great. I mean, I, I had friends back in the day when I had friends um, who were of various different religions so I had friends who were Jehovah's Witnesses friends mm-hmm. who were Mormons and now and again I could go up and I could say just, and they were never the sort to go right, oh it's you again let me just take out my Bible you know, they were, they were normal people and they would be friendly and we'd talk about movies and all that sort of stuff uh, but if I asked them a question about their religion they would happily Mm. but not in a spouty way not like oh let me sit down for five hours and teach you how terrible your life is they would just answer the question and that works far better than going no stop answering questions get out yeah so it's just it would be a better place 
uh, you know, as a planet, if people could just communicate. Yeah, you use use the J.K. Rowling thing as an example. She made the comment about trans people, and then ever since then, bang, cancel her, get rid of her. No, how about she shared her opinion, and just because her opinion is different to yours doesn't make her a bad person. And I'm not saying she's a good person. I don't know her. You know, I like the Harry Potter stuff, but that's about as much as I know. Have you seen the uh, the official sport, because there is one, of Quidditch has now yeah. been renamed because of that? Yeah, I, do you know what? If I was J.K. Rowling, it would be like, right, you're not playing that sport anymore. You can fuck off. Yeah, I, I would too. <laughs> seriously, I read that story, and I'm like, they should just get rid of it. If, you're, if you want to play that sport that she created, then you keep the name. And if you don't want to keep the name, you stop playing the sport. End of end of conversation. There's no discussion or education on this one. You're stop playing it now or keep the name. But it's just bonkers. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm, I'm sure there was um, there was a story earlier on in the week where the actress Anne Hesh, who has now passed away, uh, sadly, she was driving her car in the US. She crashed into somebody's house. The car exploded, and Anne Hesh. Um, ended up in hospital and she was very very serious and obviously now she's passed away so it's it's about as serious as you could get and nobody in the house was was critically injured I don't think they were actually injured but obviously the house was in a bit of a state because it yeah. just had an exploding car in its living room so so the story came out Anne Hesh is in hospital blah 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 within hours somebody had shared a picture that was taken of Anne Hesh's car previous to the crash and there was an open door, and if you zoomed in at the bottom near the gear stick, there was a there was a little vodka bottle there. Right? So because of that photo, therefore Anne Hesh was shit faced, drove into somebody's house, so fuck her, I hope she dies. And Twitter was full of it. Absolutely full of it. And so I just skated over it. I'm like, you know what, at the end of the day, if somebody's got an alcohol problem or whatever, you know, that's that's sad. If somebody would have died in the house, then that would be a different matter, I think. Uh, but then today, it's like some property was wrecked. But I did, I'd done a post in when Anne Hesh had passed away and I put it on Facebook. And uh, a lovely actress called Kate Speak came back and went, rest in peace, blah, 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 such a tragic mm-hmm. end. And somebody who was also on Kate's, uh, Kate was a dead air, by the way. Just in case oh, I know speak. Kate. Um, so you know, we're, we're Twitter pals. Twitter pals. So she'd posted this nice thing. I'd liked it. And I'm guessing somebody on Kate's timeline had then replied saying, good riddance. And I'm <laughs> like, fuck off. So I just deleted his message because he wasn't <laughs> on my timeline anyway. But it's like, why? Just get People just get so fucking angry. It's shit that's really nothing to do with them. That no. hasn't directly affected them. It's just, it's, you know, remember 28 Days Later, it's called the Rage Virus, isn't it? I think that's mm-hmm. a thing. <laughs> I think it the Rage be. Virus happened, but just nobody really knew it. Everybody just gets too mad at shit nowadays, even though we've just spent, like, the past hour ranting and raving. But hopefully it's for entertainment purposes as well. Well, exactly. Um, I don't think we can, uh, you know, get more accepting than uh, two upstanding citizens like... Uh, ourselves exactly putting the real world to rights as hmm. well it needs to so uh, have you been playing any video games lately i have i haven't put my playstation on for like a month <laughs> i i've had i think kind of one session on fortnite yeah um which uh 
kind of showed how long I haven't played on uh, the Xbox because um, there was probably about eight weeks of missions that had kind of piled up waiting for me to do. Wow. And how many of these have you done? Um, I've probably done about half of them now. So when I next go on there, there's probably going to be another eight wow. weeks worth. Um, but um, it, I, I, well, at the moment, you know, like I say, we don't want to dwell on the weather, but it is warm. It is warm. Um, when it's not been warm, um, we are kind of trying to get out more and enjoy the the weather whilst um it is dry and not raining and um so uh we've we've been to local national trust um kind of venues and uh water dog and that kind of thing so uh you know i I, i'm not spending as much time in as in the kind of the the not so nice months how are you sleeping at night i am not because of this oh. warm weather, it's horrendous. <laughs> Not at all. I, 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 uh, I decided what is the best way to keep myself cool. Get in a fridge. And- well, well, there is that, but I thought, you know, not to, to waste gigawatts of uh, energy, that I would buy myself uh, a two-pound kind of... Uh, Air Mister spray bottle from uh, from the good old Amazon. Okay. Um, so I've got this little bottle. Uh, it's next to me now. I fill it up with water, and it sprays such a fine mist. It is a more a mister than a, a spray bottle. Yeah. And um, just you know, every kind of ten a minute, ten minutes, something like that. Just uh, kind of spray my face for a little bit, and then the the fan will hit me, and it is kind of instant relief it's great um and uh you know if if the dog decides to to spend some time with me uh then i'll also mist her as well as myself because why not exactly keep her cool as well as keeping myself cool but i plan once i finish this uh, podcast in a few minutes i will be opening the windows putting the fans on oh, and yes. hopefully cooling everything down to to a crazy degree um, but yeah, although I'm not back in work till Tuesday night, so I have actually got pretty much two full days to just catch up on a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. Not quite sure what of the choices are just absolutely limitless. It's uh, it's kind of crazy, but I'm so glad I've got a mini fridge upstairs as well. Um, I am uh, uh, happy to report that I posted my first TikTok video the other day. Okay, and how did that um, go? How how Within the first 24 hours, yep. it had had about uh, 260 views. I thought that was pretty good. That is indeed pretty good. Yeah. I, I, I kind of... I, I, I'm not that familiar with TikTok, so I uploaded the video. Yeah. And, uh, you know, probably an hour later, I hit the refresh button. I was like, oh, no views. That's how popular this video is going to be then, is it? Um, and probably like half an hour later, refresh, zero views. So what I'm thinking is there's a period where you don't get any yeah, yeah, updates. Yeah. Um, and uh, so um, I just left it. And then 
I went to bed, woke up the next morning, and I thought, oh, I'll load up TikTok and see if it, you know I've had one or two views on the video. Load it up, like, 260 views? Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. The, the secret is not to become obsessed with the numbers, I think. Yeah. And just do it, and then you just periodically check them, and you go, oh, my God. It's, uh, yeah. So you enjoyed it. You're now a part of the TikTok world. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm... Uh, learning about um the the video world and i'm learning kind of uh video editing as well which is cool so uh today i've been doing some uh in the last few days been doing some green screen work and yeah uh, and that kind of stuff so uh yeah it's uh, it's always good to to do some learning and expand your knowledge it is in Indeed, and I'm going to try and expand my knowledge to get out of my night job at some point soon. <laughs> oh, it's been a week of, because uh, obviously the, heat, the temperature has been warmer, and warm weather makes people even arsier than they normally are, which is yep. not good when you do online customer service, I can tell you. They are somewhat brutal. <laughs> so uh, the good news is Chris from the Bind Torture Cast, or Chris from the X Bind Torture Cast, he sent me his updated top 100 list. Oh. Uh, and I, I messaged. And he put Larry Crown on there. Well, obviously, it's number one. Number one is Ewoks, number two is Grease Two. Uh, but he sent his to <laughs> So I messaged him back saying, Look, uh, I know you've sent me this list, but can I use it at the end of the year as a, as a sort of quiz to see who's seen the most of these films from me, you, and Stu Miller? Uh, and I haven't really looked at his list too much. So I'm, I, hand on heart, I'm not going to go down his list and go, well, I've not seen that, I'll watch it. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm winning this one because uh, if <laughs> I don't think there's two on there, then uh, it'd be, yeah, we, we know uh, we, we're, we're almost uh, twins. We, we like the same yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I think if Grease 2 is on there, I think Chris will probably block the pair of us and never, <laughs> never ever speak to us ever again. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he said that's fine. We can do whatever we want with that list, so that is good. I spent. It's right, now available early if you just throw in a couple of quid to our patron account. Yeah, that, that <laughs> would you, work. Chris. Yeah, I'll give you. A I'll give you a list early. Uh, so <laughs> while while we're on the subject of just chatting to Chris, who's our like only listener because Neil's off hanging off volcanoes. So his Chris is. I don't. It's not a band because he does it all himself. So his his artiste name, shall we say, mm-hmm. Anorex has mm-hmm. brought a new EP out, Ooh. right? So I Gonna sort of... have to check it out. I chucked a few quid in. I didn't chuck as much as normal because I didn't have as much as normal because it's been a tough month and I don't get paid till, like, next week. But I chucked, like, $5 or whatever it was in. And it's mm-hmm. called This Hell. And, uh, Chris, make something that's got a name that I can pronounce easily without having to look it up. Uh, so, so I downloaded that and I listened to it and I thought, right, so my... Th- fourth shift I think it was when I was at home I thought right I'm going to put this new album on and you know what I'm going to listen to all the albums that I've bought from Chris's band camp thing so I went onto my iPod classic which has got stupid amount of music on it uh, battery life is shit on that now, that thing nowadays because it's probably very old but it still works <laughs> so I have it plugged in permanently to the USB but I thought right I'm going to put on this music I started at 8 o'clock and press play, and I'm not kidding. I think it finished around half two. When, nice. when his play might even be early, might even be later than that. I was chatting with him on Facebook, and uh, and I told him what time it finished. But I had something like I don't know eight hours or whatever it was of NRX music, 
And it's great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I always say to Chris that his music gets me through horrible shifts. His music did get me through a horrible shift, near enough the entire shift. So I was quite impressed. So I would highly recommend checking out some NRX stuff. Mm-hmm. That's very good. And I'm not going to recommend a specific album, just, just all of them. All of them, yeah. They're, they're all really good. Um, so, yeah, that was my my sort of music taste this week. So this hell. I don't know what this hell means. Maybe, Chris, maybe you could tell me what the this part means. I understand what the hell part means because I was working in it. And uh, I, I was just thinking you know, um, maybe it's just um, a misspelt do you think? Do you think hell. Chris was drunk and off it, all his it, profits from his previous EPs? He's like, I'm just going to get shit faced on cocaine and and alcohol, and he just typoed it. It was meant to say the uh, this hull, and he just no, sort this of hell. It was, it was this hell. specifically for you uh, having to go into the office. That, this would, that would make. And he typoed it and uploaded it and thought, oh well, I've uh, I don't care enough to change it, so yeah. I'm just going to keep it as this hell. But uh, every day is a school day. I didn't even know there was a word called well, you know, this, but um, now I do. You know, like myself, he's uh, a little dyslexic, and uh, he uh, was walking down a street. He uh, he likes looking at the the wildlife around him. He saw a thistle, and um, well, this hell. That's <laughs> possible. But it's it's six tracks, right? And I, I was chatting with Chris about it because I'm like, this is my favourite track. Oh no. This is my favourite track. So we've got six tracks and it's over an hour. It's an hour and five minutes worth of music. Because some of his tracks are like 10, 11 minutes long and it's amazing. I love long tracks. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to him, I said, there's nothing worse than a music track. We're like, oh my God, this track's amazing. And then it's two minutes long because you're like, oh, it's finished. Uh, so I would much prefer a 10 or 11 minute track. So that's that's chris can be our sponsor for this episode sponsored yeah. by nrx uh, by chris the, the go X, check out the new ep that x it's really good actually i'm genuinely i'm i'm very happy to actually pay money for his eps so because he deserves it and so do i so you know i'd be happy to pay money for him too if i had any so i don't so unfortunately chris i've been leeching off your music but cost cost of living isn't it yeah you know we're all struggling <laughs> which we were chatting about earlier on it's like oh for god's sake what is with humanity well i'll happily send you a grease 2 dvd if you want yeah i think you've just there been, we go i think you've just been blocked by, <laughs> by chris i don't even think chris would ever admit to having seen grease 2 to be fair i don't know i'm telling you all these all these people you know they need to come out of the closet they do. Um, so I'm looking out my window now, and it's it's kind of dark where I am. And right across the road, the one floor down, because I'm I'm on up, you know, I'm on the second floor of my house. I can see the TV from across the road, and I can't. I don't know what they're watching. I'm trying to work <laughs> it out. I mean, they've got a big arse telly, so it's pretty easy to see. But I don't know. For a second, I thought it was something dodgy, but it's not. At least I don't think it is. But I've no idea what they're watching. So that distracted me slightly. But Debbie uh, does Rotherham. Debbie does Rotherham. Yeah. Debbie does This Hell. It's, it's, um, it's the new EP by NRX. So what are you up to for the rest of the night and tomorrow um, then, Rob? I, I'm going to do uh, similar to you. I am going to kind of push the windows open and hope that some uh, wind appears from nowhere and yeah. blows lots of cool arctic air into the room uh, it might be wishful thinking but still you've got to have a dream careful careful though it could be like the happening <laughs> so beware it's in the trees 
Um, and uh, I'll uh, probably go back to uh, working on next week's uh, surprise reveal. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, surprise reveal being million and one. Surprise reveal being your TikTok. No, uh, it's been um, the the magical program that I've been watching. Oh, oh yes, that thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. forgot. Yep. Cool. Well, I'm going to get this podcast edited, uploaded, and it'll probably be a last episode, to be fair, because of all the talking about offensive language and all that anymore, we'll probably get cancelled. Cancelled, so, yeah. You know, never mind. It's uh, episode 640. The one where we get cancelled. The one where we get cancelled. But I'm not going to call it that, because that'll spoil it for people. They might as well just be <laughs> shocked and outraged and fuming uh, I think that's how you way. should start renaming these episodes every week. The one it where. Be like, yeah, like Friends episodes. Used to. Yeah, I used to, way, way back, I used to do that. Uh, the one where John Fouch shows up, the one where Stu Miller likes a film, the, the one where we talk about Sylvester Stallone. That used to be a thing. So <laughs> maybe maybe I can do that. Retro's back in. It is. You know. It, what, what was the title I had penciled in for this one? Falling Moons and Dinosaurs. That was what I had the penciled in title for this week's. But uh, <laughs> and, the, uh, the one where and, we get cancelled. Just for giggles. The best streaming platform out there is Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> so is it though? I I think I'm probably leaning towards that as well. Mm-hmm. I think Disney would have got it. This was a subject that we were going to cover tonight, but we ended up me distracting you. Um, <laughs> is is which is the best streaming platform? I would have said Disney, but mm. Disney are putting the prices up at the end of the year, so that has to me mm-hmm. that has knocked them out of the equation. So I'm probably going to agree with you and say it probably is Amazon Prime. And uh, you know why I'm going to go for that? One of the major reasons, because the reason I have Amazon Prime is not because I purchased Amazon Prime Video. It's because I purchased Amazon Prime Delivery. And back in the day, wow, this is unique. I also get some free movies to watch. Yeah. And... I've been a member ever since. I just think the quality of the movies is better. It is. It the, the quality of Amazon is is top notch at the moment. However, I'd hate the new dashboard. I, I know what you mean, but Don't still, like it. the old one wasn't very good either. So no, they've they've just it's the same. It's a sort of just a different smelling shit, isn't it now? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is up clearly what they put on the whiteboard going what what can we do let's just make it still shit but smells different uh but i'm not a fan of the new dashboard but i do like the content so yeah you know so there you go so right you enjoy your evening mr robert dyer good luck Thank you. good you luck too. cooling down uh spray bottle at hand do you do that okie doke i'll chat to you soon sounds good All right. take care take care bye,
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.